and welcome to the first ever episode of Select Match Type. My name's Simon Cowgill and I'm sat here with Christopher Ellis. Hi, Hi. Chris. Hi, how's it going? You well? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, we should probably talk a bit about ourselves and how we know each other. Really? Were the, oh, police, uh, <laughs> were the police report still pending? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've known each other for about 10 years. We went to uni together, lived together. It turns out we were both big wrestling nerds and have... Basically got, got together to watch uh, three or four pay-per-views a year since. Uh, I've watched wrestling since I was about seven years old regularly. Before that, um, one of my first memories is watching Shawn Michaels uh, in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then, for some reason, it sticks in my head that he was going to have sex with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Well, was I going to have sex with Pamela Anderson? Well, who knows? Still time. <laughs> no... I'm for, I've been a wrestling fan even longer. It dates it to say that Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage were still uh, at their prime when I first got into wrestling. I think WrestleMania 4 is probably one of my first earliest memories watching that. Nice, that the, on, the tournament. The tournament. That was on VHS, VHS for anybody who remembers what a VHS is. I bet it had the Simon Cowell. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it did. Silver Vision presents two yeah. two tapes. <laughs> Classic. And people thought WrestleMania was long now. Well, having to rewind it, it probably added about three hours. Uh, we should probably also talk about why we're here. So, we're here to do a wrestling podcast. I know what you're thinking, another wrestling podcast. Shoestring, Taggart, Spender, Bergerac, Morse. What does that tell you about regional detective programmes? They're great. There's too many. Or, people like them. Let's make more. And that's where we come in. So we are going to make a wrestling podcast focused on different match types. So basically, we're going to go through different match types, um, examples of each match type, what the different rules are. Uh, For each individual match, we'll go through the background, some highlights, what we remembered about it at the time, uh, what we thought about it afterwards. Um, We're not just going to do a running commentary of the the whole match you can uh, sign up uh, to the WWE Network to watch most of them Uh, bit of a disclaimer um, both of us are pretty much WWE WF fans Um, we might have watched some TNA Ring of Honor but the majority of the matches are going to be WWE WWF WWE own it all now it's fine that's true that's true so the first series of matches that we're going to uh, focus on is the ladder match premise behind a ladder match is pretty simple so there's an object suspended above the ring and the person who pulls it down first wins most of the time it's a title so a wrestling championship i don't know why i'm explaining if you don't like wrestling this probably isn't for you uh but yeah there can be other things other than titles um don't want to give too much away so there's more on that coming up chris what are your memories of ladder matches see i think the ladder match is probably the first stipulation that I really remember seeing through matches before cage matches, before hardcore, before Hell in a Cell. Ladder matches were around quite a bit more than I remember. You didn't you didn't used to get many big cage matches. There's only a couple I can think of through WWE history. Ho both rest or one WrestleMania, Hogan versus Bundy. WrestleMania 3. Maybe. It feels like we're giving a lot of our cage series away here. No, but... it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine. And then we're going to talk about how much we love them anyway, so people are going to come back as soon as they hear the podcast. Exactly. exactly. And then the other one being the classic Owen Hart, Bret Hart at SummerSlam. Yeah. Whereas ladder matches, they seem to be 
quite prevalent at the time. Yeah, I think what's really good about them um, is that it's quite accessible. It's, it can be quite difficult to understand um, for, for a new fan, why is he breaking up uh, his submission move? Uh, whereas man climb ladder, man win is fairly simple. I... As, as you say, ladder matches, accessible, simple concept. Two, two men, one ladder, grab the thing down, sorted. Indeed. Yeah, there's been, um, as Chris mentioned, quite a lot of ladder matches through history. Um, what we're going to do is focus on some of our favourites, some of the most memorable, some of the most famous. Um, and we're going to start with one of the, um, what is considered one of the most innovative matches in wrestling history, which is Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. Unsurprisingly, in a ladder match. So Chris, what do you remember about Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon? I remember this is one of the first pay-per-views I ever actually stayed, watched live. I remember I had a friend, Nathan, his parents had Sky and they paid for the uh, pay-per-view. How much was it back in the... uh, I can't even remember, I can't even begin to imagine what it was back in the day. Probably about £2.50 by (laughs) equivalent standards. And was it on sort of midnight or would it have been earlier? No, it was on mid... I think it was midnight, so it must have been in East Coast... Yeah. New York, WrestleMania, East yeah. Coast, WrestleMania. Yes, so that's one of the first pay-per-views I've actually watched live. And we were sit- sitting there, snacks in hand, because I was only probably 13, I think, at this at this time. We had a whole family, his whole family there, because they're all big, massive wrestling fans. We all did our predictions beforehand. I'd like to say I got nearly every single one of them right, just by the way. Even back then, I was it's weird just... that your memory uh, yeah. <laughs> plucks that one out. But... Not that I was snarky back then, but yeah, I did, pre- did predict nearly every match. But this this WrestleMania, I remember this just as a bro- WrestleMania as a whole broiled event, WrestleMania 10, and this being one of the standout clashes in it, which considering it had Owen Hart versus Bret Hart and the two title matches is quite a way to go. So I... Um... I don't remember watching it at the time. So it was WrestleMania 10, which would have been, what, 94? Yeah, I don't remember watching it at the time. I remember, um, well, I got a WrestleMania 16 DVD as a kid and it had um, basically all, as a special feature, all of the other WrestleManias on there, which seems like the greatest special feature anyone's ever put <laughs> to one DVD. That's amazing. It's Although, ridiculous. on a marketing, from a marketing and money-making standpoint, that's maybe an absolute Horrible, disaster. Yeah. I, my main sort of memory before we'd watched it was um, the Shawn Michaels splash off the ladder. Um, not much else. I could barely even remember um, who had won it um, until we'd started watching then it all sort of came flooding back. Um, I know that... I, it's often talked about as um, really innovative and it's largely, I think a lot of people see it as the first ladder match where it had actually been in the summer before. Uh, I looked this up after I'd watched it, but it was um, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart had the first one. It was apparently it was Bret Hart that brought the ladder match into... Oh, vague, vague recollection about that, ma- that match type or that match between Bret and Shawn. I think it was on one of them raw... On the raw best of raw VHSs, you used to be able to. Yeah, get. I, I, the other thing, 
that I'd remembered was that there was two belts above the the ring, and I think it was because Michaels had got injured. Um, yeah, I was, I was just going to say before we get it before we get into the uh, match itself and go through a few highlights, if we just get a bit of context around what actually happened at the time. Yeah. Because in many ways this is the the beginning of the rise of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, definitely. So obviously Shawn Mike Shawn Michaels was out. Basically, the story the, they built the story around the fact that. He was the cocky champion. He beaten most. He beaten most challengers. He took beat Tonka at WrestleMania nine. He taken on anyone who wanted a shot at the title, and he felt there was just no one worth defending against. So he decided he wasn't going to defend it anymore. The Jack Tunney then, if I remember Jack Tunney correctly, they then strip him of the Intercontinental title because he wouldn't defend it. Whereas I do believe this is probably one of the during one of Sean's darker times before he uh, was allowed back in the WWF as it was then. There was two men win in the Battle Royal. He drew him and the model Ricky Martel. And then Razor Ramon then beat Martel one-on-one the following week to lift the Intercontinental title. Only for Shawn Michaels to then return, claiming to be the, claiming to be the original and unbeaten champion. Therefore setting us up for WrestleMania 10. And this two... Belt match. So that sort of thing happens a lot in UFC where a champion will be injured and they basically have an, an interim champion that comes along and I know that wasn't exactly it but that was almost the storyline that they went with um, where a, the first champion returns, they have sort of a, a clash to decide who is the actual champion. Never really get that in, in wrestling so few examples like Batista just relinquished the title it didn't and and then when he came back he just had to get in line for a title shot like everyone else same with Finn Balor who won the title got injured then came back and was completely out of the title picture. CM Punk winning it and then leave then leaving WWE because his contract had expired only to come back the next night on Raw yeah another good example yeah so it's the sort of storyline trope that would build to a massive a pay-per-view feud and that's what what we got at WrestleMania um the first so it cuts away from a, a segment looking back at some historical WrestleManias and um we basically are told that there are no rules in this match only to be told by with the following line that the only way to win is to ascend and remove both belts which is one rule <laughs> So, it doesn't sound as it doesn't sound as great when you go there. Are, there are there is one rule. So Shawn Michaels comes out first. He's accompanied by uh, Diesel. There is some serious mullets on the go in this match. If you want the height of nineties, go and watch it. Shawn Michaels has some sunglasses with a crosshair. He has the um, earrings that like go all the way to his shoulders. Yeah, he's, 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 a, a, he's a gorgeous, gorgeous man. Well, he is. He's obviously he's a sexy boy. He's not your boy, Ty though, Chris. No, no, he's no, he's not. A few things I noticed when he came out. I absolutely love the old style Madison Square Garden. So having the um, the entranceway right in front of the camera as opposed to the left, like it is in almost every other arena that it would be at. Having them come out so you can see them, um, yeah, I, I think is amazing. Um, having said that, the entryway and sort of stage area um, is a far cry from what we get with the over-the-top WrestleMania and other yeah. pay-per-view 
sets and stuff that you get. They are fairly low budget. We do have a couple of people dressed in tabards pulling pulling the doors open though. Yeah. No, no money for electric doors in these days. In those days, they're manual only. The the fans seem to just be separated by the sort of um, fencing you would get at a train station, as opposed to like the big padded barricades that people get thrown into now. And then around the ring, there's just sort of black gym mats that are velcroed together. It just looks all a bit um, a bit like. WWE F haven't quite made all their money from the Attitude Era yet, let's say. There's no, nothing wrong with black gym mats just on the ground. Makes it look dangerous. They're so thin. They are so thin. <laughs> yeah, so Razor Ramon comes out next. He's in the uh, the classic Razor Ramon greased hair, uh, too thick in mouth, gold chains around his neck. Under the ladder. Under the ladder. Uh, the king does not like that. What an idiot. <laughs> the king does not like Hispanics from his commentary. No, he does not. Um, the other thing about the commentary, it couldn't be more clear that Vince is in the faces corner, who in this instance is um, Razor Ramon, and King is so uh, behind the heel, who is Shawn Michaels in this match. And basically they just argue with each other to about nothing just to make it clear that one of them supports the good guy and one of them supports the bad guy it's easy to forget. and the bad guy is actually the good guy because that was Razor Ramon's nickname there you go clear simple cheers, <laughs> cheers, cheers for clearing that up it's, it's easy to forget how good a commentator Vince McMahon actually was back in the day everyone now everyone I thinks of him as the uh, the evil the evil boss when against, exactly against Austin why. which is the classic yeah Classrooms man, or now the complete megalomaniacal man who really just can't let go of the company when Triple H should be uh, should be running things. That's the man who's made WWE what it is today. But yeah, as I say, you forget how good he was back on back in the day on the mic. And My main complaint with Vince is um, he could just do with a few more adjectives. Everything is unbelievable. <laughs> just there's there's other words to describe what's happening. Vince. Those lights, unbelievable. <laughs> that ring, that ring bell. I thought Jeff Stelling was gonna pop up any second. That would be that's oh we need to make that happen. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Stelling, Kamara, commentary team. Chris Kamara and Vince McMahon, the the duo you never knew you wanted. <laughs> Come on, AEW stealing. WWE spotlight right now. If they WWE really want to get back on top, get rid of Michael Cole. Just come on, Jeff Stelling in, Chris Kamara. Keep Corey Graves because Graves is great. But yeah, the rest of the team can go. But Renner Young's good as well. To get rid of Michael Cole is what I'd say from that. Exactly. Yeah, the match starts pretty quickly. Um, lots of Shawn Michaels jumping around, making Razor Ramon look good. Um, at one point, Diesel clotheslines Razor Ramon, and then we find out there's more than one rule. We get the, sec- we we get get the, the second, second rule. rule um, as Diesel then gets thrown out by the ref. Not sure why, because there's no rules, as we've touched on a few times. Uh, but apparently, you're not allowed to interfere. Yep, there you go. You there have you to go. climb the ladder, get the belts down, and Diesel can't clothesline people. That's two very, very specific. The first time they go outside to get the ladder, um, and I'm sure this is just because I've watched a lot of ladder matches from sort of year 2000 onwards, but there's one ladder. <laughs> there is one which they still have to continue to use after they've nearly destroyed it throughout the match. It buckles at one point because 
what is probably quite lightweight metal, so it doesn't do that much damage. And they have a couple of 200, 300 pound men climbing on it. Exactly. Um, so having one ladder is, is risky. What if it actually broke completely? <laughs> would... They'll, they'll have just called on the fly. It, it would have been fine. But yeah, and it helps. the other thing is, now we're used to ladders which are 20, 30 foot tall with Jeff Hardy throwing himself off of them. This is the kind of ladder you use to paint your house. Yeah. Well, Vince McMahon at one point says, he's climbing to the top of that 10-foot ladder. What are you worried about? Dangerous, Vince? terrifying, <laughs> dizzy in heights. They're saying that the splash that Shawn Michael lands off that is absolutely... absolutely. Yeah. So just before the, the splash, which I mentioned, I, re- I remembered before I'd rewatched it, but at one point Shawn Michaels goes up for both belts and uh, Razor Ramon manages to stir and try and pull him down, but... Just grabs a whole lot of tights and thens Shawn Michaels' bum is on wide, on wide view for the world to see. At one point, um, so the camera just focused on his face. So I thought, oh, they've cut away, so you're not going to see it. And then it just slowly turns <laughs> full moon right there. I like the fact that Shawn Michaels drops the elbow rather than, rather than sort his tights yeah, out. Drops the elbow, then pulls his, <laughs> pulls his Which, to be fair, if you're in a fight... He probably wouldn't go, right, I'm going to sort out my trousers and then I'll hit him. That leads into the, the splash. So you've probably seen it on the then, now, forever or don't try this at home. WWF tend to bring it out a lot as an iconic moment where the lad is in, in the corner, Michaels climbs it and does the, the splash off it um, on Cereza Ramon. There's a few things we see for the first time that you now becomes synonymous for ladder matches. The baseball slide into the ladder, catching the guy outside the ring, that's there. The classic two men climbing up each side of of the ladder with a bump taken off of there again. There's the fact that wrestlers um, are physically unable to climb a ladder at human pace. Uh, (laughs) That gets uh, brought into this match. Joe Michaels somehow takes about three minutes to climb a ladder. It does make it worse when it is a ten foot ladder, and if Sean Michaels then jumped, he's getting the same, get the same height. Yeah, yeah. Um, other bumps. Um, Sean Michaels going for a razor's edge, or he goes to for the pose of a razor's edge and turns it into a pile driver. It's quite easy to see why they don't do that anymore because it looked pretty painful as Razor Ramon gets dropped on the back of his head and, and neck and then the bump onto the bare concrete outside the ring where Razor goes to Razor goes to hit Sean with a Razor's edge yeah. and Sean back drops Razor onto the bare concrete that he'd, Razor had ripped up a couple of minutes previously you don't see often you don't see now really a drop on the bare concrete I mean I think that's most of the big spots the other thing that gets brought um back in quite a lot there's the catapult into the ladder on the outside yes and then, um, then there's Sean riding the ladder onto yeah, a praying so Razor Ramon falling, falling with the ladder through through Razor Ramon a lot of um, gra- a lot of great spots when you go through it yeah um, I have a feeling that watching a lot of ladder matches we're going to see some of these again Chris <laughs> we may get to the end and go ah oh, and he's dropped the ladder on him again <laughs> Really, we should have stacked these as the ladders get higher. We should have done them in that kind of order. Maybe. Then we could have got more and more excited as we got to the end. Oh my God, Jeff Hardy's jumped out of helicopter. <laughs> uh, yeah, then on to the end of the match. Um, so 
Shawn Michaels is climbing up and Razor Ramon uh, manages to bounce off the ropes and shoulder tackle the ladder. Shawn Michaels falls and s- with the ropes between his legs, um, which again is a, a ladder spot that we'll probably see 10, 15 more times in the in the coming weeks. Um, but from there, he sometime, somehow manages to get his ankle tied up by the ropes. That is... That's weird. I've, n- I've never accidentally been tied up somewhere how about you Chris <laughs> not that I'd like to admit to on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast but the brewing be fair Sean Michaels does an absolutely sterling job here not only does he sell getting the rope getting his ankle tangled in the ropes brilliantly he then looks looks up sees that Razor Ramon has nowhere near got the ladder placed or managed to start climbing it to actually end this match so it sells it brilliantly by getting his leg out over then somehow get his arm twisted just, in the ropes. He's just unlucky in this match, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He has all the offence and the fact that he's getting tangled in the ropes is what's actually done him. Yeah, he does. He makes an almost unbelievable situation somehow believable. I think it's the absurdity of it. The fact yeah. you could go, oh my God, that man's got his leg stuck. That would never happen. Oh my God, his, his arm stuck as well. That must be real. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the end of the match. Um, what are your overall thoughts on it? It's to be honest. I was like you. I hadn't watched it for considerable time before I went back to it. It's just the clips I remembered of it, and I couldn't remember who won it either. But it st- it stands out as the as one of the all time classic ladder matches. Although I'm sure as we go week by week, we're going to find a lot of these. Uh, we'll say stand- the same we're going to say a lot of it. But that just. That just shows the strength still of the WWF as it was back then and WWE now, that they can take something as simple as this and still make each one memorable in its own way. Yeah, definitely. As I say, I think this this one will be remembered for Sean showing what a star he was and it was only next WrestleMania 11 he came in as the champion against Diesel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I do, all I was thinking through the whole match is Shawn Michaels can sell anything. Like, he makes a whip to the corner. He does the classic whip to the corner, roll up the ropes, but the crowd go absolutely crazy for it. But yeah, just he can sell so unbelievably well, and he just the speed of everything he does is so turned up compared with I imagine most of the wrestlers at the time. He makes he makes Ramon look. Great. He makes he gives he gets a five star match out of Razor Ramon. Yeah. And although Ramon had had his attitude and he had that kind of charisma that he did have going, he wasn't the most blessed. He Razor Ramon doesn't really do a move in the whole match. It's just Shawn Michaels jumping off a ladder with Razor Ramon led on the floor. There's very little that I remember from Razor Ramon doing other than climbing the ladder and grabbing the titles. Yeah, true. We could have probably got a five-star match with Sean in this kind of form. And Sean, every time he's punched, manages to send a a gob straight in the air, (laughs) which makes it look like he's had all of his teeth knocked out every single time. Um, And if you take nothing away from this match, that's the uh, close image. Um, Something else that I noticed... A couple of the ladder spots they go crazy for. Switching music gets completely ignored, not just by the crowd, but by the commentators as well. Doesn't um, have a name at that point. It, yeah, I guess it doesn't have a name. It looked a pretty good one as well, but yeah, nothing. 
a Razor's Edge taunt got much more of a reaction than than Switching Music. Have you ever seen a bad Switching Music? I can't think of one off the top. All that popped into my head then, I didn't think of a bad one. I thought of the Shawn Michaels in about probably 2004, 2005, where Shelton Benjamin does the jump onto the top rope to try and splash him across the ring and Michaels times it perfectly. So I thought of a great one rather than a bad one. So no, (laughs) not off the top of my head. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was slightly ruined the first time I watched it by the fact that I'd watched other ladder matches before, but still really enjoyed it. Um, So something we're going to do is give our star ratings um, and then give uh, a different star rating from a slightly more famous wrestling critic, um, uh, Chris, on a a five-star rating scale, what would you give the match? For being one of the first of its kind and as innovative as it was then, even if it doesn't meet the same chaos style that today's ladder matches do from Shawn Michaels the star he was and was destined to become it's a five star rating for myself five stars for yourself so I have gone slightly less I've gone four stars um, and I agree with almost everything you said but like I say I think if I'd if I'd watched it at the time it would have been five stars then but Compared with some of the the newer stuff, the the more crazy spots that you get, I I just can't give it a higher as higher rating as some of those other matches. Are we, are we splitting the difference? Then we call it four and a we'll between call it, us. We'll call it a four and a half star match. So the 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 famous rating for this one is five stars. So it was um, a perfect five stars. And I think this was the first ever WWF match that got five stars. I might be wrong on I'm that. I'm not sure. Might I'll have to edit it. that out. But yeah, I think this was the first one ever that got five stars. Right. Um, any, any closing remarks that you'd like to make before we move away from 1994 and WrestleMania 10? I think that's a good place to leave it though. But yeah. thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and, and you. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the next uh, the next time to meet. Shall we tease what our next match is going to be? Or shall we wait until, until next time? See if anyone time? cares. See if anyone cares. <laughs> Build the suspense, maybe. Just, just a tease. The year is 2001. And thank you very much for listening. You can follow us at Select Match Pod.